Samp of the Great there with Final Form on Energy Groove Radio. You are on Energy Groove Radio. The show is Movie Groove. It's the groove that spews the news that you should peruse before the movie you choose ensues every other week anyway. And coming up on the show this week, are you excited, Brad? I'm always excited, Al. You look excited and you look ready. <laughs> I'm glad of that Do because I? here wow. we go. Oh. Things and stuff. Items of interest and talking points. Oh. Those could all be very interesting things. What a teaser. <laughs> and we have some of those coming up in one of our segments in Movie Groove, the show that you are listening to. Yes, I'm afraid, fans, it's another episode of Movie Groove unplugged. I've not got a running sheet. I've not prepared anything. I've not even been looking at the news this past week. And you'll hear about why in a news hope, I guess. <laughs> Oscars. Oh, I can't wait. They've gone past and still nobody cares and even people who care about them have stopped talking about them. But we haven't talked about them yet. So we're probably going to do that on this show. Yes, it's a recap of stuff you've already stopped bothering to give a uh, toss about. (laughs) In uh, one of our other segments. Um, Plus movie news and, uh, wait a minute, and movie music. Because that's a thing that we always do on the show, at the end of the show. So if you're interested in movie music, then why not stay until the end of Movie Groove? It's very loosely what's on screen. Wow, it's like watching a fish out of water. But before we dive in, we've got some Dua Lipa. Lost in your light on Energy Groove Radio. Yes, that was Dua Lipa with Lost in Your Light. Welcome back to Energy Groove Radio. This show is Movie Groove, it's what's on screen. Yes. My name is Al Slocker, and sitting with me in the studio, as always, is the resilient Mm. Bradley Dewance. Okay. Um, How are you this week, Brad? I'm all right. Yes, um, yes not, not bad. And uh, uh, anything interesting going on in your life that might have a tangential connection to movies at all? Because mm. that is our remit here. Yeah. That's the purview. <laughs> what have I watched? Have I watched a movie? No, but I intended to watch a movie. And that's the next best thing, Al. It's the thought that counts, you isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Um, I, I intended to watch a underwater submarine thriller horror called Below. Oh, it was recommended yeah. to me. You mean underwater? No. It's Below. Below. So it's not that thing with Kristen Stewart? No, but I really want to see that. Yeah, because people are saying, oh, it's a quality flick. There's nothing yeah. new in it, but... Eh. Well, everyone was a bit put off because it was dropped in January, so they were expecting just pants. Yeah. So I think everyone's gone into it with really low expectations, mm-hmm. and those expectations have been slightly... Uh, surpassed. Yeah, ever, just never forget that Deadpool was dropped in January. Yes. And then, and it's still the highest grossing movie of that month. <laughs> so. Yes, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Underwater does look good, though. Mm. Apparently, it's literally just a, basically a, a remake of Alien. Mm. But uh, I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine. Yeah, is it Alien? It's not a real underwater creature. It's a it's a mutated thing. I think it is supposed to be some creature that lives in the Marianas Trench. All right. Have you, ever, trench. have you ever seen Leviathan? No, but I want to see that too. Really? I love underwater movies. Yeah, well, it's not. Uh, oh. It's not a great one. It's okay, but it's basically Alien Cross with the Thing, and mm. you think Stan Winston creature effects. Well, then that's going to be top notch. But no, it's not. Oh well, that's unfortunate because they have a big rubber puppet, and the thing oh. with a big <laughs> rubber puppet is that it's heavy, and so it always looks like a big 
unwieldy rubber thing that is too heavy for its own Yeah, and I suppose strength, when you're doing so... practical things in a lot of water, it can mm. also just not work that well. Yeah, but it's got uh, quality talent in it. Peter Weller, mm. Richard Crenna. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Daniel Stern. Yeah, right. Amanda Pays, if you remember that lady. Mm. Nope. Mm. No, um, yeah, uh, she was one of those uh, female actresses who you see lots and lots and lots and lots while she's in her twenties. Yes, and then she hits the age of thirty-two, and boom, she's not in movies anymore. Oh, that's sad. Uh, it's a very strange thing. It's a strange phenomena. Mm, mm. Yes, but it's okay because all of the sexism has been cleared out of Hollywood. Oh, absolutely. Have you been following the Harvey Weinstein brouhaha? I haven't. Neither I try have I. to ignore as much Harvey Weinstein as I can. It's really sordid and awful. The last headline I saw was something that he's got a he's got a misshapen penis. Oh, yeah, gross. Why do we need to know that? I don't know, but that was the last news item I saw. Well, uh, stop googling weird it's things about Harvey Weinstein. It wasn't a Google. It just showed up in my newsfeed, and I thought probably Google, from your previous Google search. Google, don't do that to me. I don't need that kind of thing in my life. <laughs> well, thanks for regurgitating it on to me. Well, you know, I'm after have something to talk about. We haven't got a running yeah. sheet. You know. I'm wearing a movie-related jumper today. I saw that. That's absolutely fantastic. The Wayland Utani Corp. Yeah. Which um, unfortunately, uh, it's from Prometheus, but we won't we'll ignore that. Yeah, but it's the same logo from the original Alien movie, um, Wayland Utani, based on uh, Leyland Toyota. <laughs> they just said we'll call them the Leyland Toyota, and they went, "No, we'll get sued." And they went, "We'll call them then Wayland Wayland." Yeah. Yoyota. Try harder. Yutani? That'll do. <laughs> we don't have any Holdens anymore, Al. No. We're not holding those cards <laughs> anymore. We'll all be driving Toyotas or Wailing oh, Yutani. I didn't turn my car. Oh, that's terrible. I did. The timing would have been perfect. Had you actually had turned up my fader. Up. Six years I've mm. been doing this show now and I still haven't worked out how to work the panel. He gets better with age, everyone. Give him ten years. <laughs> well, oh. it was my birthday last It'll week. Oh, it was. Happy birthday, Yeah, Al. I got a new watch. Isn't it nice? Oh, it is nice. Mm. Ooh, but, it's, um, it's rose gold. Yes, I know. But uh, my uh, my eyes have deteriorated to the point where I can't actually see it unless I'm wearing my glasses. Oh, bless you. Bless you. It's really sad. <laughs> So, can you tell but, me what time it is on my timepiece? Well, there you go. And, oh, bless. Uh, and as you can see, and thankfully the listeners can't see, that I'm a bit of a mess these days. Oh. Um, my sister said to me, you know, Disheveled, she, she I would said, say. you need to get a haircut. And I said, no, I don't. It's fallen out by itself. <laughs> so, um, uh, well, I did wish you a happy birthday on Arvo's last week. You did. Thank I you did. very much. I appreciate the shout out. Listen to Arvo's every afternoon on Energy Groove Radio with Brad Dewitt. Best music in the world. Prove me wrong. Well, maybe don't, 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 don't go to any effort there. <laughs> anyway, um, so you uh, were intending to see a movie. I saw, yeah. I saw also intended to watch a movie. You remember that I swore on my mother's life that I would watch an Adam Sandler movie. Yes, and did you? I watched Uncut Gems, sort of. What do you mean, sort of? Um, I watched the first fifteen minutes of it. Al, you couldn't even get through I the movie. Couldn't. Why? I couldn't because the character that uh, Adam Sandler portrays uh, is he's um, a horrible, nasty, shallow, grubby, uh, disingenuous, slimy little uh, jewelry dealer. And so he's a biography. It's a biography, or uh, I well, jewelry dealer. You know. Oh right. I didn't say movie star. <laughs> I said jewelry dealer. And he's you can see him at the round at the beginning. He's he's yelling at people in his shop. The people who work in his shop obviously don't like working there, and they're not all that fond of him. And then you know you see him doing his rounds where he's talking to his ex-wife and then his girlfriends. 
and you know, and he's covered in this obnoxious bling, and then he talks to a, a couple of illegal gamblers, and then he gets uh, a couple of heavies come around and start you know, muscling him for money and saying, give us your watch and stuff like that. And he's yelling at people on the phone. And then he goes back to his shop and a really high profile basketball player comes in and he receives a package of uh, what's essentially a blood diamond. The movie opens with um, uh, African miners getting horribly injured, digging up precious gems and it's black opal. Now, Mm. a little scientific point. Black opal only found in Australia has never been discovered in Africa. Never mind. Oh, They've okay. got black opal and it gets smuggled to him in a crate of fish. And he's looking at it and going, oh, it's the best thing ever. It's just amazing. Look at that. It's beautiful. And, wow, that was, that was spot on. And uh, yeah, the, uh, my Adam Sandler is, uh, is really coming along. And, <laughs> and then the, the high-profile basketballer says, I want to borrow it. I need this for tonight's game. And he doesn't want to lend it to him. Hang on, he, he needs to borrow what? A jewel? The, the, uh, the, the high-profile basketballer is so, like, he shows it to him and he's so fascinated by it. He said, I need this. I need this with me courtside. Otherwise, I won't play well essentially, is what he says to him. And you can see that he really doesn't want to lend it to the guy because it's extremely valuable. Yeah, okay. Um, But he is pressured into doing it anyway. And at that point, I said, you know what? He's not going to get that back, and I don't care. (laughs) And I switched it off. (laughs) So the movie that everybody's raving about, the bravura performance that everybody said he should have got an Academy Award nomination for, that's what I thought. I thought, you know, FTS... Well, bollocks to the sh- um It reminds me of that um, <laughs> Frasier episode where Niles befriends a basketball player. Um, yeah. And the basketball player rubs his head and mm. then goes and plays a game and wins the game. And so now he thinks now he has, he to, rub Niles he has head to rub Niles' before... head after, before every game. So Niles has to follow <laughs> and tour around with this basketball player. Yeah. I remember uh, um, the, I went by, to a talk by uh, story guru Robert McKee. Um, and uh, and he said that uh, Frasier is the best British comedy ever made in America. <laughs> it's because true. It is, it is a British comedy. It's all about trying to avoid being embarrassed. And yes. every great British comedy is about exactly that. Yeah. Because that's Britain. And they even kind <laughs> of have British accents almost. Yeah. And it has a Brit in there. It has a... For God's sakes, Niles, it's a costume party. Yeah. It has that lady. Yes, Fraser. Actually, no. Is she? She's not even yes, British. She, she's British. Yes, she's got a very British accent. Is she? Yes, the lady in it. Yes. Oh God, Al, that's a terrible impersonation of mm. Daphne. How dare Daphne, you? No, that's a brilliant impersonation How of Daphne. You? How dare you, sir? How dare <laughs> how you? How dare you? Right, that's it. <laughs> It's Pistols at Dawn. We'll do that tomorrow and tell you how it came out. Um, anyway, movies I saw. I saw absolutely anything. Um, What's that? It had Simon Pegg in it. Aliens give Simon Pegg the ability to do absolutely everything, unlimited power. So it's Bruce Almighty, but British. Goodness. It fails to say what it's trying to say. What it's was it trying to say? Really not very good. Well, Bruce Almighty, it's like if you had the power to do anything. So at first he does things for himself and then he thinks, well, that's no good. I'm going to have to start doing things for people. So he goes like, all right, waves his hand and goes like, all the problems are solved. And then that just creates new problems. Does it? Because the human race. Oh. Um, so, for example, he says, all right, let there be no more reasons for anyone to ever go to war ever. And then... Um, every country in the world immediately declares war on their immediate neighbour for no reason whatsoever. What? Yeah. But didn't he just wish that... Oh, anyway. 
let there be no reason for it. He didn't say no one should ever go to war ever. He said, oh, let so there everyone's never going be to war for no reason. Any, and so um, they said that, you know, the, the small island nation of Togo has declared war on Australia for absolutely no reason. <laughs> um, so, and it does that right at the end, an afterthought, like they, you know, like the writer was going to put it in and then got more than halfway through and thought, oh, that's right. I was going to make a point here. And mm. it just fails. It's not very good. Where did you see that? Um, it was on Stan or Netflix or oh, some damn Oh, it was one thing. of those straight to streamies. No, no. It, it got a cinematic release when it came out. Oh, did it? Yeah. Ah. Oh. Certainly in Britain. Oh, They dear. don't. The, the British film industry isn't as... Oh, well, they don't have sun over there. Well, they do now. <laughs> it's possible to get it's possible to get sunburn in Scotland. And so does Antarctica apparently. I read today that it's 21 degrees down there. Hey, so beach culture coming to Antarctica. <laughs> Enjoy that. Hotter it was hotter in Antarctica than it was in Hobart today. <laughs> so Hobart's still playing catch up there. Yeah. Yeah, well, business as usual there. Um hello to everybody listening in Hobart. I saw uh, collateral, which is uh, oh, is that uh, Arnie one? No, it's an older film with uh, you're thinking of Collateral Damage. Ah, yes, uh, I Collateral, am. which is uh, a story with Tom Cruise, plays a vicious hitman. Oh, yes, and um, Jamie Foxx is a taxi driver that drives him around mm, while yes. he um, ticks off a list, and uh, yeah, still holds up. Tom Cruise is a good actor. If you can forget that it's Tom Cruise, which is difficult to do, then you will notice that he's really good at his job. Mm. Wow. Um, Compliments for Tom Cruise. I saw He Never Died, which is a very odd movie with Henry Rollins in it. Henry Rollins, Rollins. former leader of Black Flag, um, has uh, done extensive spoken word tours. He's a great comedian, but, you know, he he doesn't do funny stuff. He does heavy stuff, and he's been doing that for decades. Um, He also had uh, his own band, the Rollins Band, which still tour occasionally, and every now and again he acts. Right. and uh, and he was in this movie, which was very probably written expressly with him in mind because he's perfect in the role of uh, a deeply antisocial man mm. who, it turns out, cannot die. Really? Yes. Um, you can see that uh, he's a man who is um, trying Does as he hard age? as he possibly can. No, he hasn't aged at all. He's as old as Andrew Rollins is. Yeah. Um, they tell you why he cannot die at the end and that, yes, he is indeed very, very old. You know, uh, somebody says to him, so you're what, like 150 years old? And he says, not even close. So, um, yeah, he gets shot in the forehead at one point. And then later on, you know, this woman's driving him somewhere and he's digging in his skull with pliers. His long nose pliers. And she says, could you not do that? And he says, if I don't take out the bullet, then it will grow over and I'll get migraines. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have pliers in my skull. It hurts. Can I have a minute? (laughs) So, yeah, um, really great movie. Um, I've watched it a few times now, and I watched it again uh, over the last week. Still great. When was it made? He Never Died. It's on Netflix. Check it out. I think it was about four years, three years ago. Oh, so it's not that old. Yeah, So and it's great. Cool. Um, And uh, and another movie I saw, uh, not so good, but very interesting. It's called Horror Express. Okay. Yes. Do you have to say it like that? Yes, because it's an old movie from probably oh. the very early 70s. Oh, well, that's 1972 that or something like that. Um, it has some names that you might recognize. Peter Cushing. Oh, look, it rings a bell. Who played Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. That little thing. Okay. The one that, you know, they went to all that trouble to make a CG character out of. And yes. it didn't quite work. No. Um, also, Christopher Lee no, was in him. it, um, yes. playing as the as the evil scientist, uh, mm. as a much younger man. Yeah, he was a war hero. He was a spy. 
Mm, oh. a spy in World War II. Really? Amazing fellow. The stories he would tell. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, so, and you would think, well, what's interesting about that? Ooh, Telly Savalas is in it as well. Who's that? Uh, a bald actor. He was very big in the 60s and 70s. He was oh, in a yes. movie, he was in a TV show called Kojak. Oh, he okay. played a detective who'd say, who loves you, baby? He was the sexiest <laughs> bald man in the world before we got Patrick Stewart. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, well, sorry, no, Yul Brynner, Telly Savalas, Patrick Stewart. You know, I'm really glad that there are sexy bald men in the world because I'm going to be one very, very soon. Oh, look, that's debatable. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. It's a nice watch you got there. Yeah. You're going to get old as well. <laughs> I'm getting there. Mm. I'm getting there. Yeah, but your hair has been that your hair has been exactly the same as long as I've known you. Do you get a haircut weekly? Do you get it like <laughs> spruced up every week because it never seems yesterday. to move? Well, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. It never seems to be. You know, you never let it go. It's thinning a bit. Um. Oh, already a little bit. Oh, I didn't start to didn't start. It didn't start to me that happening to me until about two years ago. In fact, my oh, I've known you longer than then. Uh, yeah, but my hair hasn't been disappearing until two years ago. In fact, the start of my hair loss and the degradation of my eyesight coincides directly with me giving up drinking. Ah. Coincidence? I think not. Well, you know what? Probably not. Yeah, so we're going to go out and get pissed. Oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. No. <laughs> um, Horror Express. Uh, yes, apparently it is... Um, uh, it is based on Who Goes There, which is the short story by John W. Campbell, upon which my favourite movie, The Thing, is based. God, we got there in the end. Um, okay. Yeah, so um, <laughs> in Horror Express, yes, it does share significant elements with uh, The Thing. It right. it ends up that the, the creepy, you know, uh, Christopher Lee digs up a, um, he says, it is a fossil, but it's very much a well-preserved sort of Cro-Magnon looking thing that comes to life and wanders around and... Uh, murders people by um, removing all of their memories, you know, because, you know, in a very, very soft scientific sort of a thing, they go, my God, his brain is completely smooth. It's as if all of the information has been removed oh, by something. Oh, I see. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then eventually the, the creature is shot, but it manages in its final moments to transfer its consciousness to someone else. Oh. And then that person goes around sucking people's memories out and leaving Can them. they tell who the alien is? No. Ooh, that's the thing. That's so that's the thing. the thing. They don't know who it is. It could be anybody. And so, yeah, it's the thing. Oh, it's the exact same story. Um, but uh, uh, it's not, not quite as good. Right. So you'd say John Carpenter probably did it better. Mm. But uh, for the 70s, it's not, not such a bad flick. I mean, if you watch horror movies mm. from back then, you're going like, my. God, people back then really were hard up for entertainment. <laughs> um, this one is probably one of the better ones, but you know, you know give it a is look. This, pre, this would be pre-slasher, wouldn't it? This is pre-slasher. Yeah. This is, um, it was Halloween in 1979, 80, I want to say, that started off the whole slasher genre. Yeah, 70-something. And then Friday the 13th was a ripoff that did very, very well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. So uh, 11 movies with, uh, with Jason in it. Mm. Um, it went up to Freddy 10, and was then that... there was Freddy versus Jason in a, in a special crossover episode Yeah, where Freddy had to use Jason to kill people, and then he became jealous because it was Jason who was killing all the people, mm. and then they have a big fight in hell. Terrible. Terrible. No, actually, it's quite good because, you know, being aware this is intensely stupid, the director went, all right, we'll make it a cartoon, and so it's lots and lots of fun. As long as you're having fun, that's all I yeah. need. <laughs> Jason X is glorious schlock. Wait, is Jason X the one in space? Yep. Yeah, that's terrible. the one in space. 
Absolutely <laughs> awful. Anyway, um, so that's uh, the movie catch-up for this week. You know what? Before we go on to the news, we'll have a little track by Alice Merton. Why so serious on Energy Groove Radio? Yeah, um, so Anton Powers, I'm falling, brackets, for you or something. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> I just made that last bit up. God, Al. Um, I'm not aware of Anton Powers. Is he a popular musician? I believe he is, yes. Mm. Yes, he probably mm. makes a lot more money than either of us do. You do have to keep bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, amount of money is more than nothing. Yes, that's so, true. <laughs> so, I mean, like, seriously, nothing. Mm. If something's, like, I, I have minus digits in my bank account now. Oh, wow. So if something's free, I can't afford it. Well, you managed to buy yourself a coffee earlier. Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't waste money on coffee when my children are starving at home. Um, uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, welcome back to Movie Groove. It's what's on screen. Um, a thing that we like to do pretty much every week is to have a quick glance with the latest entertainment and movie news from all around the galaxy. This, of course, is episode 83 of News Hope. Yes, and first off, we've got box office news. I think vamp until I find the box office news, please, Bradley. Um, well, I wasn't prepared for vamping, so <laughs> <laughs> you can vamp, can't you? Oh, not really, no. Yeah, no. Um, so we're talking about the domestic grosses in the United States over the last right. weekend, which is President's Day weekend. What does that mean? Um, that means that if I lived in the United States, I would get a holiday every year on my birthday because Abraham Lincoln and I were born on the same day. So are you talking about? The fact that it's Trump's birthday today? No, no, no. It's not Trump's birthday. Well, Trump's birthday, I, you know, pfft, bollocks that guy. Uh, I'm more interested in his death day. We haven't had it yet. Um, uh, no, um, I'm. my birthday is on February 12th, which is the same day as Abraham Lincoln mm. um, and Charles Darwin. Really? And Gromit the Dog. Oh, good. Yeah. Huh. Nice to know. Yeah. So, and they used to have like a, a holiday on George Washington's birthday and a holiday on Abraham Lincoln's birthday, but then they, they got rid of them both and just called it President's Day. So is it kind of like Queen's birthday? Kind of the same thing. But anyway, right. there'll be a long weekend every year on my birthday if I live in the States, but I don't. Never mind. I'm um, going to look at celebrities that were born on my birthday. <laughs> All right, then. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so in the number one spot, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Yes, over the weekend, over the three-day weekend, it took $70 million in the domestic box office in the United States, which is a lot of money, which means we're going to get a Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Now, I haven't seen the movie, but I have read reviews of the movie, and they said, not as good as Detective Pikachu. And because I went to see Detective Pikachu, having been dragged there by my children, <laughs> and was praying for death oh, well. within 30 minutes yeah. of watching that movie, I decided... Oh my what? god, I'm getting ads playing on my phone. Oh I'm so dear, sorry. that is very unprofessional. <laughs> very unprofessional behavior on the radio, Bradley I'm, trying I'm to... surprised at you. Thanks, thefamouspeople.com, for all of your ads. <laughs> Edward the Seventh. Edward the Seventh. was born on my birthday. Well, and Edward the Seventh, of course, was famous for being the king of the United Kingdom. <laughs> 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 Does it say anything about him there? Because you know he's such a such a non-event as a king that he's one of the one of the ones that I don't know anything about. Well, he's not Henry VIII. I do know that Eddie. <laughs> I do know that Eddie Five and he's head chopped off by Richard Three. Oh. 
And then Richard III was killed uh, in battle and buried in a car park. And now the Windsors are sitting on the throne. There's really no one that's born on my birthday of any note. Well, like, well, astrologically speaking, that might be why your career hasn't gone anywhere. Shut up, <laughs> <laughs> No one notable it's born on what day? Better is, than your career. What day is your birthday? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I was shortlisted for an Oscar. Have you ever been shortlisted for an Oscar? I have not. Where do you keep your actor award? Who's getting paid right now? Oh. <laughs> well, Eric Dane. <laughs> Who's Eric Dane? You know that face. Oh, um, what's he from? That's Cut Price Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's really Nick Lockie. Who's that? Oh, he's um, a singer, isn't he? Is he? I think so. Mm, he he, he looks like a something. Cut Price Eric Banner. Um, oh, yeah. Uh no, not Delta Goodrum, surely. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Australia's own Delta Goodrum. Oh, if you don't no. know who Delta Goodrum is, then uh, yeah. That's most of the people in the world there, so... Um, oh, this is very upsetting. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. Something else is very upsetting. Birds of Prey and the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Now, this is interesting because it's not called that anymore. No, they changed it. There was an emergency so, name yeah. change, as you know. It didn't make very much money in the States. Uh, it's in second place this week. It only took just shy of 20 million. It only took 50 mil last week, uh, just shy. And that's not nearly enough for it to be successful. Um, they're calling it a bomb. It's not a bomb. What? It's just underperforming. Yeah. I mean, apparently it's reviewing quite well. Yes. So don't call it a bomb. No, Just it's not a bomb. It's... It is underperforming. But you see, some people are calling it a bomb. And some people, um, for example, Midnight's Edge, the mm. YouTube channel that I love to hate, who blame everything on the involvement of people with vaginish, yes, um, couldn't be happier. I'm sure they're Oh, ecstatic. my God. That Norwegian... Norwegian incel type. You can hear him fondling himself as he records Ew. his little video essay on why Harley Quinn and the emancipation of the Birch of Prey has failed at the box office, <laughs> mostly to do with the number of vaginas. Uh, um, it's, oh, I couldn't be happier. And he did this whole video essay on how woke, you know, Hollywood is waking up to the fact that they're woke scripts about how bad men are. are failing them at the box office. And, of course, he had to mention the Star Wars saga and um, mm. uh, and so on and so on. And I go, why do I listen to this toss? I don't know, Al. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, most people only read stuff that they agree with, which is not a way to get good information. So, you know, when I go to the news, first of all, you know, I read The Guardian. Would because, you call him news? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, sort of, because uh, the guy actually does his research. It's just the take that I don't agree with. But uh, yeah, when I read the news, um, I read The Guardian, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, lefty, nerdy, liberal, wimpy. And when I say liberal, I mean the American meaning of liberal, not the yeah, Australian meaning it, of liberal. But it is independent. Yeah, lefty, independent, nerdy, um, you know, uh, cuck, pussy like me. And then um, the Sydney Morning Herald for a slightly compromised centrist view. And then for the right-wing view, you go all the way over to the Australian to read about how... Um, uh, Scott Morrison is the Sun King. Mm. Um, and once, you, once, once you've had a look at the spread of journalism, then you can get a more accurate sort of take on how things are going. So, yeah, I also read stuff that I don't agree with. What were we talking about again? Harley Quinn. Right. It's now called Harley Quinn, quote, um, colon, bird of Birds of Prey. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it just hasn't done as well as I thought it would. 
Yeah, um, but you could probably blame that on the Suicide Squad and how pants that movie was. But, but it made heaps and heaps of money. Everybody went to yeah, see it. Yeah, because, because we hadn't we hadn't been exposed to the Suicide Squad yet. In I the think cinema. it's everybody went to look at Margot Robbie because they dressed her in hot pants and very little else. Whereas in this one, she's dressed the way that she thought an empowered woman should be dressed, and all the incels went, "Well, I'm not going to go and see it then because I want the hot pants." <laughs> Because that's how shallow these people are. No, And I you wonder why I'm cynical about the human a race. A lot of people went to Suicide Squad going, this is going to be great. Jared Leto is the Joker. And then they Nobody got went to Suicide Squad going, this is going to be great. <laughs> no one. The news that had been cut by Trailer Park went out early. Mm. And so I, that was basically what killed cinematic movies for me entirely. I made this point at the time. There's no point in going to the theatre anymore. They've let a trailer company cut <laughs> a major release movie mm. that cost millions and millions of dollars and reshoots and that was the version that went out to theatres. It's over. Yeah. It's over. Well, there have been plenty of movies that have been good that didn't do well at the box office. Well, yes, there's, there's many, many of them. Um, all of John Carpenter's movies, for an example. Well, there you go. I mean, well, um, Escape from New York was a big hit, but The Thing, which is one of the best horror movies ever made, not just to me, most people would say that, um, massive flop when it came out. Nobody went to see it. Nobody went to see Big Trouble in Little China, but it became a cult classic as well. Everybody loves it now, um, you know, because the white guy wasn't the hero. Mm. They just couldn't handle the fact that the you know the main character turned out. Oh yeah, cool. Kurt Russell's going to be the main character. No, he's not. He's the comic relief. Well, the main character's an Asian guy. Uh, well, bollocks <laughs> to that then. You know. Well, people will just have to now get used to the fact that there are empowered women on screen, and a group of empowered women can be action heroes. Oh, people are stupid. In twenty years, it will be a classic. I'm oh, sure. God, I hope so. Anyway, Fantasy <laughs> Island, which apparently is a thing, uh, they just basically changed it to a horror movie. Yeah, that looks awful. Um, but uh, oh, who's the uh, uh, who's the Latino actor in it? Michael Pena. I don't. Has know. taken over the um, Ricardo Montalban role as Mr. Rourke. Right. And the mysterious Mr. Rourke, who in the television series, yeah, they always sort of implied that he wasn't human. Well, there was a couple of... There was what a do you mean that they implied he wasn't human? That he was an angel, perhaps. Oh. That Mr. Rourke may have been, um, you know, the angel Michael or something similar like that. Oh. There, uh, there, There is an episode where he goes head to head with the devil and outwits him. The devil played by Roddy McDowell. Awesome. Yeah, cool. If you like cheesy 70s movie, then that's an episode of the Fantasy Island that you should check out. It's mm. amazing. Um, and Roddy McDowell just having so much fun. Why I love that I, guy. Why do I feel like Fantasy Island is supposed to be said in a particular way? Fantasy Island. Yeah. That's how R Ricardo Montalban would say ah, it. Right, Ricardo yeah. Montalban. You remember he played Khan in Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan? New. Anyway. <laughs> um, Thanks for sharing that. Do you remember me, Kirk? <laughs> Admiral Kirk. Oh, my God. Oh, boy, did he choose some scenery there. Jeez. Anyway, and number five, bad boys for life. Who cares? Um, <laughs> and in other news, um, it turns out that Jim Carrey's a creepy weirdo. Oh, who'd have thought? Uh, yeah, who'd have thunk it? So apparently um, there's been a bit of a backlash to a recent interview that he gave with a young female reporter um, who she, she says something like, what are, so what's on your bucket list? And he said, oh, nothing much, just you. Ew. And she said, oh, I'm not really sure what to say to that. And he went, just go with it. And everybody sort of went in and went, oh, what a scumbag. What a, uh, what a creepy weirdo. Um, well, you should have heard what Morgan Freeman said to uh, our own TV's Renee Brack. 
Oh, I think I have a recording of that somewhere. We'll bring you that <laughs> later on. TV's Renee Brack is in the building. She'll be in here with a big stick. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so he, he says something creepy and now he's being lambasted. Um, his star appears to have come back. Everybody said that, you know, he's gone back to the 90s wacky, crazy Jim Carrey mode for the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which has done really well, which means that he's probably going to be required to do it again, which I don't know if that's good news for him. It's difficult to know. I've not seen the movie, but I watched the trailer and I, from what I could tell from Jim Carrey, like I grew up with Jim Carrey in the 90s. There was no resemblance of that in that trailer that I saw whatsoever. It looked like Jim Carrey just doing what he had to do to get his paycheck. Yes, but... Um, he didn't look even, like he was having fun at all. Even that version of Jim Carrey is still kind of wacky and crazy. If you go back to the 90s and you look at Jim Carrey, uh, quote-unquote, acting in movies like... Um, Ace Ventura, The Mask. The Mask. I watched The Mask with my kids last weekend, and they were like, oh, this is um, a movie. <laughs> they didn't like it? Um, they, they kind of went like, nah. Really? You know, they're... Well... Yeah. They're, they're getting a little older now. Mm. Um, Lucas is, uh, he's nearly 13, so he doesn't want to hug me anymore, Aww. which is a real shame. No, uh, seriously, hug your little hug your kids as much as you like, because when it goes away, you'll miss it. Oh, that's um, sad. Well, he'll hug you again in like 20 years' time. But and... I don't know if you remember his performance in Liar Liar and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. he really went right the way over the top. So when My he's not really trying, he's still kind of over the top. Me, myself and Irene. I loved that. Oh, God, I didn't even watch all of it. Really? You didn't like it? No, I hated it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, God. I've never liked Jim Carrey, really. Um, I like The Mask, mm. um, but that's pretty much it. And everybody raved about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I understand that it's a much-loved movie. I watched it and I went like, yeah, that's... Is yeah. it good? Mm, it's it's supposed to be excellent. It's A lot of people would say it's one of the best movies about love and relationships ever made. And Jim Carrey's very good in it. I watched it once and went, yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, uh, you watch a lot of movies though. A lot of people, that's probably a really special occasion movie, you know? Maybe. No, it's, that's one where like, oh, I've never seen a lot of mine. Yes. yes it's like that one with the dying girl that people rave about now that I don't understand. The Vault in Our Stars? Yes, that one. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a thing that people are raving about? Uh, <laughs> Literally. I don't. They're like, have you, if you really want to get a good cry, just watch Vault in Our Stars. I'm like, nah, I'm good. If you've got a favorite rom-com, uh, you won't tweet us. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's a creepy weirdo, apparently. And uh, um, we were going to talk about Birds of Prey getting renamed very, very quickly. Well, we did. I wonder, did they we touched on it. Yeah, we touched on that. Did they have to roll out posters and stuff? Uh, I mean, I can that? only imagine how expensive it would have been for them to have to update all the marketing material. Hmm. But, you know. Um, it, how much stock do you take in the fact that the title of the movie is affecting sales? Do you think literally that it was such a big issue for Warner Brothers that they were putting so much stock in their marketing department going, we've done something wrong. Oh my God, people aren't seeing this movie because of the title. Um, well, I suppose, I mean, these people, they know what they're doing. Okay. They might not know how to tell a story mm. and people often say, oh, you know, it's studio suits who ruin movies because they throw the roar in and, and try and influence the way the story is told. Perhaps that's the truth. I don't know. But when it comes to naming and distributing and marketing a movie, they know what they are doing and they can more or less calculate down to the last thousand, how much a movie is going to make when they make uh, late predictions based on, um, you know, the way that it's marketed and the title and so on and so forth. And a good title can carry you a long, long way. Um, I'm not really sure what the thinking was when they did John Carter, for example. 
I think somebody reasoned that of Mars was going to put people off. It's possible that, you know, uh, I mean, they spent $200 million just on the production of that movie alone. Yeah, that was so a big they, movie. They would have done millions of dollars worth of market research. And um, yeah, the number of people who would have gone, yeah, if there's of Mars in the title, uh, that that would put me off from going to see the movie because it sounds old and cheesy. And so while we're talking about a novel that was written before the turn of last century. So yeah, a little old, kind of cheesy. But, you know, so they took off the of Mars. And so the movie was called John Carpenter, which is like calling Star Wars Luke Skywalker. Mm. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the title was long for Birds of Prey, like that, the byline thing. Yeah. That was, it was quite long. I can't <laughs> even remember it. And with wacky and crazy. Well, well, what was it called? The Emancipation of what? Um, it was called Birds of Prey or The Emancipation of One Harley or uh, The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Okay, there's a lot of words going on there. I can see why they might have dropped that. Yeah, they but probably no thought it was one a would great have had idea. any problem searching birds of prey. Yeah, but birds of prey doesn't mean anything. It's like Edge of Tomorrow for that Tom Cruise movie. All right, Google birds of prey movie. You'll you know find what? it. Uh, yeah, you'll find it. It'll be the top one. But is it the only movie in history called Birds of Prey? I think not. Really? It's um, it's, it's like one of those movies. Remember how there was a movie called Blood Ties? Yes. And I insisted on going through every single movie that had ever been called Blood Ties. And they went back to 1930. Dot. Look, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, anyway, we are babbling now and we have to go away for a music break and then come back at some point. But um, yes. Um, so here's a track by Solange. This is Cranes in the Sky. And Andrew Groove Radio. John Newman there with feelings on Energy Groove Radio. Welcome back to Movie Groove. It's what's on screen. Um, Bradley. I like John Newman. You do? Yeah. Excellent. He's also a brain cancer survivor. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. Which makes him even better. It does? I'd guess, yeah. <laughs> well, what about uh, Lance Armstrong? Everybody thought that he was a lot better because he'd survived testicle cancer, and then it turned out that he was a drug-taking cheat. But then everybody who works at that level in athletics is pretty much a drug-taking cheat. You have to be in order to compete. <laughs> Controversy on <laughs> Energy Grove Radio. Wow. Try to say something nice. <laughs> no, I'm glad that he survived brain cancer and that he's doing so well in his music career. Well done, you. Was that you. so hard? No, was that so hard? No, it wasn't. What are we talking about now? Um. Oh, uh, thing. Movies. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So um, every week we do a thing where we look at the movies that are being released in cinemas in Australia and all around the world. Um, not much this week, I'm afraid. No. Yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> It'll be a short segment then Well no, it's probably for the best that I didn't actually do any preparation for this show Because there wasn't anything to prepare, there's nothing on oh. Anyway um, well, Is there anything on? Uh, look, we'll have a look at the opening scene I genuinely did press the wrong button that time Yeah Okay, so. There you go <laughs> You've ever been to church? <laughs> it's happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Did an angel speak? Um, so <laughs> so uh, this week, um, like I didn't prepare anything, so we don't have clips this week. We're just going to have to talk about them. Oh God! Let's just let's enact them out. This is going to be a disaster. First of all, we have 
Uh, they're doing Emma again. Hmm. Just listen to that rich molasses. Yes, it's a comedy drama based on a novel done by, I don't know, who was it? I don't who know. Who wrote Emma? It's one of those, it's like the, the Dickens? Betty that wrote Pride and Prejudice. It's that kind of age. Right. So people are screaming at me, how dare you? It was famous feminist author such and such. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I don't read books, Al. No. No, who does anymore? Um, and it's uh, starring that weird chick. Is from that Split. a Jane Austen one? Jane Austen, possibly. Mm. Jane Austen's Emma with Anya Taylor Joy, not that weird chick from Split. Um, <laughs> she, which the is weird. weird she, from Split. Which is weird looking. She's got very interesting features. You know, like if you're going to make a movie where aliens came to the planet and then disguised themselves as human beings, she'd be one of those people that you cast. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so Anya Taylor-Joy, Johnny Flynn, don't know who he is. He's probably younger than 40. Uh, he looks it. Um, and he's a musician, singer, songwriter and actor mm. from Sussex. Well, there you go. Uh, Bill Nye, who, of course, we all know. Bill oh, Nye. yeah, no, I know Bill Nye. Yeah, that guy. And I get Bill Nye confused with um, John or William Hunt, one of the Hunts. Ah, um, well, there you go. And, uh, and of course, <laughs> uh, Mia Goth, oh, yeah. which sounds less like a name um, as a statement of identity. Oh, Miranda Hart's in this. Is she? Yeah. Who's Miranda Hart? She's Miss Bates. I see. Oh, and who's Miranda Hart? As in, like, do you not know her? No. You know Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. Oh, Miranda, the big tall one. Yeah. Yeah, so she probably plays the... Yeah. The one that looks like she's played netball for all of her life. So, yeah, Emma, uh, there's been a bunch of movies uh, based on Emma. Clueless was based on Emma. Was it? Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, no doubt, Miranda Hart is going to be playing the awkward girl that everybody thinks is going to have difficulty getting a husband. Now, probably. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, <laughs> she's very tall. Yes. And, and tall girls find it difficult to get dates because men are intimidated by tall girls. Because Shoot. men are stupid. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, um, Emma, once again, um, they already did it with uh, 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 Emma Thompson. I, I was going to say, this sounds oh, no, that like was something that prejudice. she would be in. No, the, Emma was with, uh, it was with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. They did uh, a Gwyneth Paltrow, Emma. Was that Sliding Doors? Uh, no, 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 uh, no. No, it was actually Emma. Oh, no, it was, it was a period it was piece. And, yes. Yeah, 1996. So there you go. Um, yeah, so comedy of manners and so on. Anyway, uh, everybody knows what happens in that story. We don't need to describe it. And next we have Manu the Swift. All right, you got to write all that down because I'm not going to remember any of it, but here we go. Um, it's an adventure animation comedy oh. for the family um, starring Kate Winslet. Willem Dafoe and some other people. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> and if you're wondering what Manu the Swift is about, um, thinking he is a seagull. Um, <laughs> aspirational then. Oh, gosh, I wish I was a seagull. <laughs> the most obnoxious bird on the face he was of the a planet. Seagull. Thinking he is a seagull, a bird named Manu discovers oh. that he is actually a Swift oh. who was adopted. Oh, when tragedy strikes, Manu sets off on a quest to learn his true identity and save his friends and family along the way. Wow. So they've really broken the mold there and then put it back together and used the same damn mold. Mm. Um, yes, uh, a fun time for all the family that they obviously didn't think was good enough to release in a holiday period. Ooh. So enjoy that one, uh, parents who can't find anything for their kids to do this weekend <laughs> that don't that have already been to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. And something else that is probably going to be fairly derogatory is 
The Call of the Wild. Sure, sure, sure. Let's go with that. Yes, uh, starring Harrison Ford. Remember him? Yeah, I remember him. Remember Harrison Ford and Karen Gillan? Hmm. Remember her? No. No. So Karen Gillan is that hot red-headed chick from Doctor Who that was um, the blue ball chick in um, the Avengers movies. Uh, you know the blue ball robotic chick who was the... And she's in um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, maybe. Blue robotic chick. Okay, all right. I just I don't know. Keep up. Sorry. You don't know Marvel movies, do you? Not really. That's why my kids don't like well, you. Well, I did watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Why did you do that? There's a lot of characters going on. Did you enjoy it? I think so. <laughs> I obviously can't remember it, so yeah, it didn't so leave a lasting impression. Not a memory. How long ago did you see Guardians of the Galaxy, though? I think I saw them at the cinema. Oh, right. So it was a while ago now. Yeah. Yeah, goodness me. Well, you've got so much on your plate. It's surprising that it's not surprising that you don't really remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think didn't we see one together? Uh, we went to see Batman v Superman, the worst superhero movie ever made. Yeah, but I'm sure we saw our Guardians together. No. Okay. All right. No, we did not. All right. Um, I'm. I think Deadpool. Did we see Deadpool on IMAX? IMAX. I wouldn't have gone to an IMAX. Oh. I think it might have been the second time I saw it. No, I'm oh, sorry. Look, we're both very old, <laughs> and and I'm sorry, kids. But when you get to this age, your memory just doesn't work the same. This is what conversations are going to be like from here on now. Oh my god, we are just getting older. It's going to be awful. <laughs> so you know, um, <laughs> sorry, so if you're everyone. still listening to the show, congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah. So in uh, Call of the Wild, Buck mm. is a big-hearted dog. What? <laughs> yeah, it's got like that Beethoven dog in it. Okay. You know, I'm I'm guessing it's not the same dog. <laughs> Probably not. That dog is dead. Oh, don't say that. It's dead. No. Oh. That movie was made in the very late 80s. That dog died a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, went to a farm. Mm-hmm. That dog went to a farm. Um, so he's a big-hearted dog whose blissful domestic life gets turned upside down when he's suddenly uprooted from his California home and transplanted to the exotic wilds of the Alaskan Yukon in the 1890s? Okay. What, so does he travel back to the 1890s? Oh, look, I don't know. Hell, go see the movie. Because I don't think those dogs existed in the 1890s. Because making well, interesting dog breeds was... What breed of dog is it? Um, it looks like a St. Bernard to me. Oh, St. Bernard, yeah. Anyway, um, as the newest rookie on a mail delivery dog sled team. But they don't use St. Bernard as... My God, this is stupid. Well, you don't know, Al. Oh, how much you went around then. Why did you say yes to this, Harrison Ford? You used to be so cool. <laughs> Buck experiences the adventure of a lifetime as he ultimately finds his true place in the world, and we don't have a clip. I'm actually kind of grateful. So, supposedly... Yes? The dog kind of dates back to, like, the 1700s. Oh. So, you know... So history lesson here on Energy Groove Radio. Um, if, you, if you're thinking there must be something more interesting going on somewhere else on the internet, you're yeah. probably right. But, you know, hang on, because I'm sure that we've got something interesting coming up. Just give me some time. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, that is all we have well, this week. Well, you know what? If you like Harrison Ford, he did confirm that um, he is definitely going to start production on the next Indiana Jones very soon. That's not good news. 
Yes, it is. No, it's not, because I saw the last one. Yeah, the last one was pants. And that was when he was in his 60s. Now he's now he's approaching 80, and he could barely walk anymore. He busted his leg. I think I'm when just he was more interested Star to Wars. see how they utilise Harrison Ford in the stunts. Uh, he, he's going <laughs> to have to be wearing some kind of cybernetic suit, like in Wolfenstein. Yeah, like an exoskeleton. <laughs> <laughs> this is the latest in steampunk technology, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll just end up being pulled around like a marionette. I don't know. He, he's going to have to be more of a slow-moving detective. You know, maybe he's hunting Nazis in South America or maybe something. Maybe they'll just crank the camera and speed everything up. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Get a body double to do it. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, that's everything this week that Harrison Ford is doing. And indeed, that's your lot if you're going to the movies this week. It's grim. Um, so uh, until next time, know that it's always darkest before the opening scene. We're going to have a track by Ingrid Michelson. Young and in love. I remember that. Hmm. Long time ago. Andrew Groove Radio. Long time. And we're running like the wind. That was The Naked and Famous with Berrius. <laughs> on Energy Groove Radio. You are on Energy Groove Radio. The show uh, is Movie Groove. We're transmitting live from the beautiful city of Sydney and all around the world. My name is Al Salocker and sitting with me in the studio, as always, is the inelegant. What do you mean inelegant? Bradley I'm very Dewitt. elegant. You should see me in a dance. You're wearing room. a nerd shirt. Yeah, all right. That shirt says, I am a nerd. <laughs> it doesn't say it to everybody. It only mm, says it to other nerds. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> see? <laughs> only, yeah. It's still fairly nerdy. And is that? Yeah. What? I'm oh, sorry. I thought you were wearing a cardigan. I've seen you wearing a cardigan. Mm. Like a. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I was saying, is that a cardigan? No. It's not a cardigan. No, it's just a shirt with it's long a, sleeves. It's a jumper. I can't see. Okay. <laughs> I, can't. I don't even think you know what I look like. Uh, <laughs> you kind of look, who do you look like? I don't Have you know. ever been compared to a celebrity? My celebrity Your lookalikes. kid, one of your kids, or yeah. Kate's kids, said that I look like Zac Efron, which is highly misguided. Mm, ooh, <laughs> well, that's a stretch. Hey, you told me. Well, um, and uh, Edward Norton is one of the ones that I get. That you get, really? Yeah, I get Ed Norton and once upon a time Julian Lennon, which was very upsetting. I'm not sure who that is. Is that oh. <laughs> Julian Lennon's son of John, yes. the one that had that awful single <laughs> in the 80s. Uh. Oh, oh, dear, that Julian Lennon, the boy he didn't care about. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's sort of, yeah, there's an Ephron-y kind of a quality to you, I guess. Just you don't have the muscles and the jawline and the... Thanks, Al. <laughs> <laughs> So good for my self-esteem. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Uh, we are trying to think of things to talk about. So um, I'm going to go to a place on the internet and see if there's anything to talk about. Oh, that's right. We usually talk about dead people right about now, don't we? Yeah. Has anyone died that's uh, notable? Um, well, you know what? I don't know. We're just going to have to go to Wikipedia and oh, find out. for goodness out. sake, Al. This is what we do. You couldn't okay. even do that during the music break. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that would, it would kind of feel like doing work. Mm. And, yeah, you uh, don't want that, do you? Well, I'm not getting paid. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm taking such a long time to get this happening here. Yeah. Um, um actually... No, I haven't heard of anyone passing away. You haven't away. heard of anyone passing away. Anybody interesting, anyway. No. Um, well, I'm going to go to the recent deaths page here on Wikipedia to see if there's anybody interesting to talk oh, you about. You know what? If you're playing along at home, you can do this yourself, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> Why are yeah, you listening to us? Yeah, what do you bother us? listening to us? I mean, like, I just copy-paste this stuff from these same sites every week. So you really oh, don't need to listen to the God. show at all. Um, uh, Jose Mojica Marins, uh, who's oh. a Brazilian film director, he directed a movie called At Midnight, I'll Take Your Soul. Oh, that's, um, that's... oh and Pop Smoke died. Who's that? He's an American rapper. Oh. He was shot. He was only 20. Oh. That happens to rappers. Hmm. Um, rappers, uh, uh, watch yourselves out there. Esther Scott has passed away. Esther Scott? She's a character actress who appeared in films and TV shows, including Boys in the Hood, Dreamgirls, oh, yeah. mm. Transformers, Ooh. and Beverly Hills 90210. And she died on February 14th in Santa Monica after suffering a heart attack. She was 66. Who did she play in the Transformer movie? Don't know, Al. Was it uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf's mum? Was it that lady? No. She's a nice lady. No, 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 no. No. Well, then who was she in that movie then? I don't know, Al. Oh, Henry Gray, who was an American Hall of Flames, Hall of Fame blues pianist and singer. That's pianist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the guy who wrote True Grit. Yeah. Charles Portis has died. That's his name. True Grit, of course, the famous novel um, that went on to be a movie with John Wayne and then again went on to be a movie with um, Jeff Bridges and it won him an Oscar. Yes. And uh, got himself an Oscar. So if you want an Oscar, do that. What's really sad is that he died after receiving an Alzheimer's diagnosis in recent years. Yeah, that but at least sad. he didn't get an Alzheimer's. Um, I watched, uh, that's another movie I watched, Still Alice which was the movie where um, uh, Oscar, it was an Oscar contender of the year that brought out Julianne Moore. Oh, yeah. Plays uh, an academic yeah. um, who gets early onset Alzheimer's. And uh, the movie follows her through the course of slowly losing her mind. Oh, that's Not terrifying. a feel-good movie. Terrifying. Doesn't have a happy ending. There's no cure for Alzheimer's. No, there isn't. If somebody uh, in your life has Alzheimer's, it sucks to be you. Get support. Yeah. Um... Uh, ooh, look, a golfer, a footballer, a German actress. Mm. Um, <laughs> there's, there's nothing. There. Oh, hang on, Zoe Caldwell, the Australian actress from Masterclass, Lilo and Stitch, and extremely loud and incredibly close. She was a four-time Tony winner. Really? Yeah, and she mm. died from complications from Parkinson's disease. Oh, that's sad as well. Yeah. Kelly Just, Nakahara. I'm sorry? Kelly Nakahara. Kelly Nakahara. She played Nurse Kelly on MASH. Oh. And uh, she died on February 16, following a battle with cancer, and she's best known for her role on the long-running television comedy. And she also featured in films like Clue and She's Having a Baby. Oh, um, but you hate MASH. I do. So that means but that I thought you, you might Kelly like Nakahara. this one because she was also a watercolour artist. Oh, well, there you go. Um, well, I, I respect and uh, uh, all artists, uh, except for one in particular, but I won't name him on the radio. <laughs> it's just, I know it's, uh, it's somebody I know who uh, he uh, he advertises himself as an illustrator. What he actually does is take other people's photographs and just work over the top of them. Oh, and that's theft, frankly. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's kind of plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to name him on air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kelly Nakahara. She's listed here. Um, God, there's nobody. No, nobody there's interesting so many. died oh, again. Oh come on, there's heaps of people. <laughs> There's Lynn Cohen. Yeah. She was in The Hunger Games. Oh, was she? She was also in Sex in the City. She died on February 14th. Okay. Um, there's a Jason Davis here, mm. an American actor who apparently was in Recess and Beverly Hills Ninja. Oh. Right now, if you're listing Beverly Hills Ninja, 
as one of the highlights of your CV, then your CV may need a buff <laughs> or two. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> just, um, an, just an update. <laughs> so, um, oh, Caroline Flack. No, she committed suicide by hanging. That's no good. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Don't actually. commit suicide. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Orson Bean, veteran actor, died at the age of 91 this mm. month. And uh, he's a longtime TV, movie and stage actor and comedian. Uh, he was... Basically in Miracle on 34th Street, Modern Family, being John Malkovich, and he had a recurring role in Desperate Housewives. Hmm. Uh, John Shrapnel was an English actor who was in Gladiator Troy and 100 and Dalmatians, and Lynn Cohen, hmm. an American actress who starred in Sex in the City. What? I just said this. Oh, you, you already mentioned Lynn Cohen? We talked about Lynn Cohen. Did we? She was in the Hunger Games, Al. This oh, was right, yes, you ago. were talking about that person. Sorry, I missed the name. Mm. Um, but, 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 no, there's nothing else. All right. There's nothing else. There's a chicken poison hood. Who cares? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Nobody interesting died. That's terrible. What a terrible, terrible, terrible episode of Dead for Reals. How and we on earth are we supposed to make good content we if didn't you all stay alive? We didn't even do the theme tune. No, we didn't. Oh, let's do the theme tune. Behind the clouds The sun is shining There's a big blue sky Waiting right behind the clouds Well, you're dead now So shut up! Yes, so that's a lovely song. If you're feeling bad about something or somebody in your life has died and that's making you miserable, well, then why not listen to that song? It's called Behind the Clouds by Brad Paisley. It'll cheer you up. It always does me. Yes, I love hearing the intro at the end of the segment. <laughs> anyway, um, we are going to go on uh, uh, in this uh, in this manner. So if you're already sick of it, that's all right. Switch over. <laughs> We're going to try and get this radio show back on the road with Selena Gomez. Hey, this is rare on Energy Radio. You've been so distant from me. Australia with physical on Energy Groove Radio. What an amazing throwback to the 80s that was. Yes, yeah, a local Sydney three piece. Yeah. With arguably one of the hardest band names to Google. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you might Google that name and come up with an awful movie. By oh, awful, <laughs> awful movie. Yes. By Baz Luhrmann. If you're unlucky, Google oh. will throw up Australia by Baz Luhrmann. If you really want to sit through something awfully, atonally terrible and campy and crap. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And then, so he did Australia, right? And then they got, they commissioned him, was it Qantas commissioned him to do a series of TV commercials? And it was the most un-Baz Luhrmann series of TV things I've ever seen in my life. It was the least campy, most boring and subdued advertorial for an airline yeah. I've ever seen. Uh. Give it a Google. Well, Baz Luhrmann Qantas ad, and you'll be very surprised that that is the same guy who did Moulin Rouge and Australia. Okay, now I don't know how it normally works in the advertising industry for somebody that has been a big name in Hollywood. Um, I do know that when you're working as a director in advertising um, you know, when you're making when you're making your way in the industry to begin with, because David Fincher is one of those people who yes. worked in the British advertising industry. Mm. When you are the director of an uh, an advertisement, there is a 
a whole slew of people there, at least 20 other people in the room, advertising execs and brand managers yeah. and owners and so on like that, who are hanging over your shoulder and having their 20 cents thrown into every single possible detail of what is going on. Apparently, um, directing television adverts is a nightmare for that reason. I'm sure it would be, but because why, would you, why would you hire Baz Luhrmann if you didn't want Baz Luhrmann's weirdness? Well, like I said, it, it may be that he was, he was restrained. It may be that he... Um, was deliberately restrained by the people that were working with him or he decided he was going to be restrained in order to mm. severe expectations or whatever. Maybe he decided that that was the tone that was needed for the material. Maybe. It's difficult to say. But, I mean, in the advertising industry, there's, um, uh, for example, when you're shooting pizza, there is a shot in it which is known as the cheese pull. Right? Yes. <laughs> Very it's called the cheese pull. And uh, whenever you're watching it on television, that's not a pizza. That is super glue or something. It's a construct and there's a very specific polymer which looks more like cheese does than cheese does on film. Yeah. Because it has to stretch in a very specific way, which real cheese only does at a certain temperature. Um, you know, and when you see steam rising off a meal, uh, if they can, they usually do that by soaking a tampon in water and microwaving it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that lovely, delicious meal that you're seeing on screen probably has a hot tampon in it somewhere. <laughs> That's appetizing. Beautiful. Or um, Thanks, the, uh, um, I don't know if they do it so much nowadays, but that shot in a chewing gum advert where the lady puts the chewing gum in her mouth. I haven't actually seen a chewing gum commercial in quite some time. And the last one I remember was that PK one with the kissing booth. Yes. So in the world of chewing gum advertising, that shot is called The Load. Ew. The load. So technically, the director is shooting the load going into the actress's mouth. Ow. What? For That's what's happening. Sake. It's look, if you can't handle the heat, <laughs> then stay out the kitchen. So, yeah. um, speaking of shooting a load, we're let's... talking about Doc Savage. Okay, so Doc Savage. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this because I went onto Slash Film and they said there's a Doc Savage TV in the works from the Fast and Furious producer, which is fantastic news if you actually like Doc Savage. You like um, Doc Savage, apparently. Well, I kind I had a fondness for the old 1975 movie because uh, it stars Ron Eli, who was Tarzan in the television version of Tarzan for a long time. Mm. Um, fantastic show from the 70s. I mean, I wouldn't watch it nowadays because it would probably ruin it for me. It probably might not be as good as it appeared to be mm. when I was a child. And the same actor appeared in the movie. Doc Savage is a cartoon character. Right. Uh, sorry, a comic character of some kind. Think Indiana Jones, but without the hat. I don't know if he has a Fortress of Solitude in the Antarctic like Superman does, but he does in this movie. Um, well, yeah. So why is Doc Savage's real name Clark Savage Jr.? Uh, I don't know. Is he a doctor? Uh, oh, he's a physician. He's a physician. So I guess that's why he's called Doc Savage. Yes, right? and that sound that you can't hear that I'm playing on YouTube right now is the theme tune to Doc Savage. Yeah, put the other fader up, love. This one here? No, the other one. This one. Yeah, there you go, Dal. So Doc Savage. That's enough of that. It sounds like they're saying Duck Savvy. <laughs> <laughs> it does a little bit. It says you're based on the novel by Kenneth Robeson. So tell us about Doc Savage, Bradley. Apparently, um, you know, Doc Savage's real name is Clark Savage Jr. He's a physician, a scientist, an adventurer and detective, plus an inventor, an explorer, a researcher 
and, as revealed in the polar treasure, a musician. Can you believe? So basically Batman, but without suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A team of scientists assembled by his father deliberately trained his mind and body to near superhuman abilities almost from birth, mm-hmm. giving him strength, endurance, a photographic memory, and a mastery of the martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing he's a man, otherwise he'd get called a Mary Sue. <laughs> Bit of an overachiever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, what a Mary Sue. Oh, it's a guy? Oh, well, then that's all. That's different. Yeah. He's um, awesome. And he's handsome, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, likes to get his shirt off. Doesn't he what? Mm. Yeah, that's not that's not homoerotic at all, is it? No, I mean, a lot of the comic book covers are... Um... Very heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always an unconscious female draped over his arms. Yes. <laughs> because yes. unconscious females in, you know, evening frocks mm. are everywhere to be found in the Amazon jungle. Absolutely. They're usually tied to a stake with uh, with foreign people dancing so, and lighting fires. It's so funny <laughs> that you see imagery like Doc Savage like on comic book covers and all that sort of stuff back whenever the comic book was published, which I believe was what, 40s, mm. something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Mardi Gras coming up and you see, you know, 70,000 Doc Savages down the street. Yeah. And they're fantastic. Yeah, aren't they? And they're, you know, and they're very honest about their sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, 2009, um, original film and Sony were working with writer-director Shane Black on a movie version of Doc Savage, but I guess then they saw the Predator remake. Mm. Um, oops. And, uh, and they were looking at Chris Hemsworth for the role, and that would have worked. But uh, eventually they locked down Dwayne Johnson because, of course, because, yeah. of course, you want The Rock as Doc Savage. Well, I mean, yeah. If you're looking at the original haircut, because there's a lot of artwork uh, uh, featuring him with uh, a shaved head and he's got a very, very sharp widow's peak in the center of his forehead. Oh, OK, because the only images I've seen are with him with hair and that's where Chris Hemsworth, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that great. would be the Chris Hemsworth. No, you want the rock yeah. version. That would be Doc Savage for you. The man of bronze. Ooh. It's got to be the rock. Mm. Anyway, um, that fell over, but they're doing a TV series of it. Um, and do, we, do we know who's starring in this TV series? Um, I'm sure it says here somewhere. Let's yeah. have a look. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> nice you read it before. Um, <laughs> It's probably not going to be anyone anywhere near as impressive as The Rock or Chris Hemsworth, though. No. Um, And the budget is probably not going to be as big either. Well, who's to say? I mean, uh, Bruce Willis started out in TV. In Moonlighting. Yes, and everybody laughed when they put him in Die Hard, and no one's laughing now. He's still the biggest movie star on the planet, despite the fact that now whenever he appears in a movie, it's clear that he hates his job and doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So, but, you know, I need money for a new island, so... (laughs) Sure, I'll appear in your movie for a minute. <laughs> um, so there you go. It might really be good. Perhaps we'll see a brand new movie star and a brand new franchise coming out of this. They'll do a long-running TV series and then a movie. I don't know. It's a bit on the nose, don't you think, Doc Savage? Yes. But <laughs> look, this is the bottom of the barrel. I was complaining about them scraping the bottom of the barrel six years ago. Mm. And now we have to talk about... Oh, look, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which everybody had written (laughs) off as a complete disaster because from the trailer you would have certainly thought so. But no, no, it's the biggest movie of the year, two weeks in a row. I wonder wonder what tone they'll go for this Doc Savage TV series. Do you reckon they'll... um, Because what tone was the the 70s thing in? Uh, Campy, definitely very campy. Do you reckon they'll be campy or do you reckon they'll be gritty? Um, like everything seems to be these days. Look, I haven't seen the market research. It will be whatever the market research is working right now. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Gritty didn't work for the DC universe. I hope uh, they go full camp. I really do. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Well, Batman 66 is bigger now than it, um, than it has ever been since the 60s. Because I remember, you know, if you mentioned Batman 1966 in the 80s when the other Batman movie was coming out, then people would laugh at you. If they were making a new Batman movie now, they would have, and he was still alive, they would have had a cameo um, of Adam West in the movie. With his underpants on the outside of his tights. There would have been an Adam West cameo, but in 1989, he complained that they hadn't said a damn thing to him about the reboot of Batman because at that stage, <laughs> Batman 1966 was an embarrassment. They were embarrassed nobody by Nobody wanted to know about it. It destroyed the careers of damn near everybody involved in it, <laughs> except for the guy who built the car. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, and Adam West couldn't get work for decades. No. Until eventually he started doing a voice on Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What what voice does he do on, on Family Guy again? Mayor Adam West. Yeah, oh, right. Of course. <laughs> And so all of a sudden he was very popular again. And so mm. now they're doing for the TV version of the DC universe, which has, you know, the Flash and Supergirl and Green Arrow in it. They're doing an infinite on infinite Earths thing, which is a thing that DC universe did in the 1989 when they found that had all these different continuities and versions of the characters that didn't match. The stories didn't match up. And people who follow these things were going like, they don't match up because if he was there in 1945, then why is he... Right? So they did a series called Crisis at Infinite Errors where all the different um, parallel universes came together in one big event. And now they're doing that in the TV version. And they've even got both versions of the Flash in it. Oh. The Grant Gustin version. Is it Grant Gustin? I've no idea. The TV version. And uh, I, I forget the fellow's name who was in the Justice League movie. Oh, I don't know. Um, Jai Courtney. Uh, no, it wasn't Jai <laughs> Courtney. Anyway, um, so both of those versions of Flash are going to be in this. And they're also having a cameo of all the people who've ever played Batman, except Adam, except Adam West, of course, because he's dead. They're not going to, like, CG him? Uh, no, they're not going to CG him because that's been marked as disrespectful. Or they could rotoscope him from previous footage. They've got Burt Ward in it. Uh, Burt Ward, who played the original uh, Robin, and since then, almost nothing else. That's pretty much what he's known for these days, other than the fact that he has apparently an unusually large penis. Oh, God, And the only reason we know that is because he mentions it in every single interview (laughs) he's ever had. Oh, no. <laughs> He's going to be in it. Oh, that's how he hasn't worked in the Me Too movement. That's how retroactively era. popular that show has become Jeez. after becoming poison for nearly twenty years. All right. Well. So anyway, um, <laughs> so that was a long way to get to Sonic the Hedgehog, wasn't it, Just? Um, yes. Uh, remember the first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog? Bradley? Yeah, vaguely. Were you a big Sonic fan when you were a kid? I Is that liked, your console generation? I liked Sonic. I had a Sega. Yeah. Um, and I would play Sonic. I never understood it, though. Yeah, so it's been a franchise ever since, despite the fact that the game hasn't been good since the 90s. Yeah. Ooh, we're getting some awful audio feedback there. What's I know. going on? Let's I'm twizzle some my... things. <laughs> Let's twizzle some things and see I'm if that works. turning my phone off, just right. in case it's that. Mm. Maybe you should do the same for yours. Um, uh, anyway. Um, 
<laughs> so the, the first version of Sonic the Hedgehog did not look good, and so in an unusual move, they actually went back and changed all the shots that had been done in CG. Yes, which, it, I mean, is unusual that they listened to f- fan feedback and were so concerned by it. But also, as an artist, though, how does that make you feel, having um, your art changed basically by democracy? <laughs> well, um, it it wouldn't be that. I mean, if I'd done that, then I would have thought, you know, because that is obviously designed by committee. The, say, you know, the like, first one? Yeah, the, the first one was obviously designed by committee, like Sonic the Hedgehog, but more movie. And so you'd uh, have a bunch of suits throwing the roars in and it would just end up being a disaster. So then the new edict would be, it has to look like the character from the game. Otherwise, this isn't going to fly. So they just redid the character to look sort of the same kind of textures on it, but a lot more like the character in the game and they went like and the fans went like there you go now it looks like Sonic a Hedgehog and that's fine what worries me is what happened at the business end of the CG because as we've heard before when movie companies put the stuff out to tender they accept the lowest bidder and um, a small company will say yes we will do that section of the special effects for this movie um and you'll pay us this much money. And then after that, producers and directors will have a tendency to say, we need this reworked, we need that reworked, we need that redone, and we need that redone, and we need that redone. But the number, the amount of money that they're getting paid for all of that work stays the same. Mm. And so very often, um, a little CG effects studio will go out of business the minute they've finished a job because they can't pay their artists the money that they owe them. The people that did uh, Rhythm and Hughes, famously uh, the company that did the special effects for Life of Pi, Best Picture winner way back when. Mm. Yeah, um, I remember that one. They went bankrupt nine days before they accepted their Oscar. Oh, no. For Best Special Effects. And when they tried to make light of the problems in the industry on stage, they were played off yeah. with the theme from Jaws oh. as a joke. Well, so... That's terrible. Um, so I'm kind of worried about the people who are actually doing the work because they're probably told it has to be redone. No, we're not giving you any money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, that would be one. And the other thing is, is this how movies are made now? They put out a trailer, the fans react to it, and they go, now we have to do reshoots because it looks like the fans don't like the idea that Emperor Palpatine won't be in it. But that's what I mean. What happens to artist integrity or creative control when, <laughs> when you... Oh, he said integrity. Oh, no, aren't I'm you sweet? saying, Al. No, no it's, it's a Hollywood movie. They do it for yeah. money. Um, what was that recently? Well, that is the other point. Like, mm. it is a massive property that has a large fan base yeah. and you are literally making it to make money. You aren't making it for any other sake. Like, there's no one that was banging on, you know, whoever's door going, we need a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie because we want a quick cash grab and we're g- cashing in on nostalgia. Yeah, it was like when I worked in the games industry, I did a lot of licenses for movie tie-ins and stuff like that. You know, so you would have your Spyro the Dragons and, uh, well, Spyro's not a movie property. There was a Cars one, there was a SpongeBob one, yeah. there was a Happy Feet game. They don't care if the game is good. You know, they give you a short budget and a short schedule and you make a game in that time. If it ends up being good by accident, great. But they've already worked out how much money they're going to make off the name alone. Yeah, it's and like serial companies. Just... The number of people rushing into a shop on December 24th going, um, 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 oh, that, I recognize that. Yeah. They know how much money they're going to make from that. If it ends up being more than that, great. That's a bonus. But they're not there to make art. And movie companies are the same. You know, if it ends up being good and or, you know, a classic artistically, you know, lauded, fantastic. But basically, we just want the number that's projected from the name. 
yes. recognition. Yeah. It just has to be a movie. Yeah. But I would be worried if I started seeing and hearing stories of this happening to films that aren't major, massive franchises. Yeah, but those movies don't get in the cinemas anymore. Like small stories don't hit the big screen anymore. There's never going to be another Annie Hall. Mm. <laughs> you know, beating Star Wars to the Best Picture Oscar. That won't happen again. Um, those movies, you know, uh, movies like The Godfather, we recently saw The Irishman. Yes. Made by Martin Scorsese, a, a contemporary of the man who directed The Godfather 1 and 2 and 3. And uh, yeah, um, it went straight to Netflix because movie, uh, the major movie studios and distributors said, no, we can't sell that. Mm. Nobody wants to see that movie. Mm. So, you know. <laughs> they they went where they could sell it. So, but I mean, this is what old people do. They complain about how things are changing and they're not the same <laughs> as how they were when they were young. Um, the distribution models are all different now. And I don't like things that are different because I'm old. Yeah. That's not your problem out there. No. So um, <laughs> let's go to uh, music because it's got to be better than listening to two old men complain. Um, I'll speak for yourself, Al. Middle aged at best. But middle-aged, you're 31 now. That's middle. <laughs> anyway, um, here's a track from Jonas Blue, and we'll see you on the other side of that, as well as something else. Perfect Strangers on Andrew Good Radio. Yes, Energy Groove, we're hitting music lives. And if you want more hit music, and you should stay tuned after Movie Groove. Movie Groove is wrapping up because it's the top of the hour. Thank you very much for tuning in this week to listen to all of our blather and movie madness and stuff like that. We'll be back next Thursday between 5 and 7, of course. And, of course, if you missed one, you can get it on Energy Groove Catch Up. And do also be aware that Brad is on the radio every afternoon with Arvos for sure. the best new music on radio. Oh, thanks, Al. That's nice of you to say. You're welcome. Thanks anyway, for the plug. That's all right. Uh, now, we were going to talk about the Oscars, but it seems that we've run out of time. How did oh, that shucks. But How did that happen? Yeah, I like that Parasite won Best Picture. Y yes, I appreciate that as yeah. well, because it's a... <laughs> I have actually been watching... Uh, someone tweeted a picture mm. of... Or screenshots from Twitter... Yeah. Or comments mm. on Facebook, some social media thing, about yeah. Parasite winning the Oscar. And it's Americans reacting to Parasite winning the Oscar. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's about as bad as you could expect. You never the read the comments. The crux of it is, is no. kind of like, I, oh, no. I'll tell you what it was. It was um, reviews on Amazon from people purchasing it on Amazon. Oh. And they're going, what? This what? has subtitles. I want my money back. You gave me an Asian yes. version. Why? You know, <laughs> Where's yeah, the American version? I've seen people complaining. It, it got best foreign picture because it's a foreign picture. This is America. Why is it winning best picture? Uh, um, but it's just funny that people assume, in particular, I don't mean to diss you Americans, but in particular, Americans assume that it's going to be in English. <laughs> yeah. I think they also assumed that Joker was going to win best picture. But if you actually, you know, um, I thought 1917 had an okay shot. It's all style and no substance for both of those movies. And Parasite, people are raving about it. People are saying, you know, that uh, if you've seen it, then you would know that, no, there simply wasn't any kind of contest. Oh, okay. It's right. that good. And have you seen it? No, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing it. Yeah. And look, it sounds like it'll be a fun little romp. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I had people saying, like, I've been to see it three times and I'm still seeing things that I didn't see last time, you know, so mm. detail-orientated Yeah, I read, uh, the, I read the plot and synopsis and I'm kind of like, okay, there's a lot going on, a lot mm. going on, a lot of subtext as well, obviously. So, but anyway, go see Parasite. Um, don't bother with Joker. Like, I mean, if you think that Joker was one of the best movies you've ever seen, then watch it again. Watch it again. <laughs> And I guarantee you that you won't watch it a third time because it's like, oh, yeah, the, oh, oh, there really isn't that much here, really, mm. as such. It's actually kind of paper thin, basically a copy of Taxi Driver. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, I haven't seen it, so yeah. I have no plans on seeing it because it looks all mm. a bit grim for me. A lot of people are going like, oh, uh, you know, a good comic book movie. Yeah, that is rare. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, something else that everybody's talking about is what an amazing job Billie Eilish did on No Time to Die. Yes, yeah, because so every Bond movie has Bond a pop theme. Yeah, uh, for a long time they've had a pop tie-in, and we've had some truly terrible efforts. Uh, Madonna's um, "Die Another Day" single yeah. was famously hideous. <laughs> uh, uh, look, um, <laughs> Duran Duran did a terrible, oh. terrible song for a terrible movie. "View to a Kill" easily the worst Bond movie out there. Oh my god, that came on the playlist earlier. Uh, and I'm sorry if you're a fan of the song, but I deleted it because <laughs> I saw it in there. <laughs> but no, um, Billie Eilish, who's the uh, the wonderkin from the United States who made her own damn career with her phone. And, uh, and now she's actually done a good song for a Bond movie. Well, well, well. It seems like it might actually be worth the trouble to pay attention to a Bond movie for some reason. Interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm so over it. So so uh, yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit tired of the Bond franchise, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like The Simpsons. You feel obligated to keep it going. Yeah, you know there are people still people who like it. So you yeah. know. Anyway, um, I don't mean to diss you if you're a Bond fan. You know, you go ahead and enjoy it. You do you. It's got nothing to do with me. Um, but in any case, Billie Eilish with no time to die, uh, no time to die, I should say, to play you out. I'll see you next week, and until then, enjoy your lives. Mm-hmm.